If you're looking to save some money on your wireless plan, take a look at Visible Wireless. They're a transparent wireless carrier with nothing to hide. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. Switch to Visible where you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. One-line wireless, just 25 bucks a month with taxes and fees included. That's unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Switch now at Visible.com. You shouldn't judge a book by its cover, but you can judge a company by its name. Like Visible, the wireless company making wireless visible. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, Sierra 117, and you're listening to Podcast Unlocked, the world's number one Xbox podcast. Now, finish this fight. Master Chief, out. What's happening, friends? Welcome to Podcast Unlocked, IGN's weekly Xbox show, episode 602. It's July 5th, 2023. I'm joining you here at IGN's San Francisco studio alongside my friend and co-host, Miranda Sanchez. Good to see you. Good to see you too, Ryan. Did you play many video games over the 4th? Did you get out and touch grass, as <laughs> the kids like to, to tell each other to do now? I did touch some grass, <laughs> but mostly stayed inside. Um, it was very hot this weekend, and I had company, so I just mostly hung out with them. No. Watched, go ahead. Sorry. Chernobyl. <laughs> oh, <Great>. see, I, <laughs> I, I, I won't watch it because I don't want to be just bummed out. It just seems like a Oh, very... yeah, it's a big bummer. It's... <laughs> wonderful i've heard it's a great show yeah fantastically made piece of history but you know historical fiction like there's some liberties taken but you know it's it's a good time uh, (laughs) it's not a good time (laughs) no anime expo for you you got your fourth of july was was, spared i was free this year even though i'm i miss anime expo but at the same time like i saw some of the videos of like the capacity was just ridiculous it was packed or people oh wow yeah like people were like you're just like shoulder to shoulder which it kind it used to be that way but it looks even worse they're making up for e3 you're just like the, yeah. the, the sort of karmic the the balance of the building yes. uh, the vibe inside it's yes. empty there's no e3 there anymore we gotta pack them in extra pack for anime, for anime expo now. the la convention center destin Legary joining us from los angeles how are you my friend doing okay uh july 4th was nice I don't get a lot of downtime on the weekends. It's just chasing the kids. <laughs> well, that's uh, that is a, a noble thing as a dad to spend the spend the time with the with the little ones. So, uh, did you play get to play any video games, Destin? No, Marvel no. Snap. <laughs> <laughs> that counts. Marvel Snap counts. That's a game. Yeah. Yeah, I got some Diablo four in, but not nearly as much as I would have liked because I also touched a lot of grass. That's this good. Weekend, which was good. Yeah, we finally got good weather in San Francisco. Uh, which we'd been missing for some time, but yeah, I am, I am level 49 and I had tweeted about like, Oh, I'm getting on the, I'm like on the cusp of level 50 and I've, I've been doing nothing but side quests because I am Mm. the pull of those blue exclamation marks. I just want to do side quests. And then people were tweeting at me going, Oh, well, no, you gotta like, you're going to kind of waste some effort if you, if you don't proceed with we'll the main story. The campaign. Yeah, so now I'm, I'm ignoring all blue exclamation marks and proceeding through, uh, just kind of blasting through the, uh, the main story. I'm in Act 3 now. And the one part, the one nice thing is these bosses that I'm encountering, because uh, I guess I should have come and done this stuff a long time ago i'm just waltzing right through them like they don't they don't even threaten me remotely i just kind of do my my barbarian thing yeah and they drop very easily at level 49 so um nice. yeah i guess I'll, I'll hopefully hit 50 tonight if i'm able to get some time in and then kind of see how the game changes from there because i've actually sort of purposely not been reading or watching end game stuff mm-hmm. i'm just trying to 
savor this experience, this Diablo experience for myself and not, not have some, now I know there'd be an advantage to like, Oh, well I could have some kind of my plan for what I want to do. Like I'm just kind of taking it as it comes. Yeah. I, I want to get back to the story at some point. I, the only game I actually played over the break was Zelda. So like, that is the problem too. It's like very hard to choose, but I think yeah. I'll get back to the story for Diablo at, at some point. Yeah. It's there. there there's, yeah. I am very impressed by how much content there is in Diablo 4, though. It yeah. is, there is a lot. And it doesn't feel like it's a job the way that, like, Destiny turned, when I stopped playing that, felt like, granted, that was years ago. But that, like, felt like a job to me, where I was just like, yeah, there's mm -hmm. thousands of hours here, but I'm, I just feel like I'm on a, I'm on a hamster wheel. Diablo 4, well, I don't feel that yet. Yet. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I acknowledge it Wait may come down the, the pipe. season stuff starts. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm just, I just want to do the story, the, you know, I want to get through the campaign and then I'll kind of see how much, how much of it I want to continue with from there. But anyway, uh, if you're tuning in wondering why are you guys BSing about this, tell me what happened in the Microsoft versus FTC trial. The answer is that we don't know yet. It is 1136 a.m. Pacific as we're sitting here recording this on Wednesday, July 5th. And history would suggest what tends to happen to us is we'll record this and then like 45 minutes later, the verdict will come in and then we'll have to just like run back in here and start all over. But no, in all seriousness, Destin, I think you, you, you've been keeping obviously such a close eye on this, which we appreciate. The judge has laid out a timeline for what we can reasonably expect here, yes? Well, sort of. We know that the proposed findings of fact, those were due on Friday, June 30th. Uh, they submitted the joint appendix of exhibits. That was July 3rd. July 4th was a holiday. And today, the public version of the proposed findings of fact, or sorry, Private. July 12th oh, okay. would be the proposed findings of fact, public version. Okay. Uh, the judge made a joke saying, uh, don't expect this two or three months from now, but she sort of indicated the, seemed to indicate the 12th would be a, a time that we could see a verdict. There's, there's really no reason that she needs to rush. She needs to make the, the best informed decision possible. Yeah. And I, I think she'll take her time and do that based on her, her, um, demeanor throughout the trial. Well, then that means if it is the 12th, then we stand to uh, be able to tell you all about this and react to it and analyze it on next week's podcast. We are already making plans to uh, switch our schedule next week if we need to, because if if the verdict comes down you know, later in the day on the 12th, then we want to be able to record right after that. So uh, for, warning in advance, next week's podcast might come in later than it normally does. I know our schedule's been all over the place lately, and today we're normal. Next week might get back to abnormal, but it will be worth it because, like we were saying at the end of last week's show, this the results of this trial could... I mean, it will forever change the course of Xbox history one way or the other. It's just a question of if it's going to kind of continue as, on the status quo or if they are going to be allowed to make this $69 billion mega acquisition. So yep. there'll be a lot well, to discuss. This doesn't quite determine that. They can close the acquisition, True. but there could still be a trial in August. Uh, the FTC can decide if they want to continue to pursue that with uh, the other judge. And uh, there's still a CMA appeal that could take years for all we know, but that happens later after this is determined. So yeah. if this is granted, a lot of other things are probably going to s sort of uh, happen. Like we'll get determinations about the appeal, we'll get determinations about if they're gonna go to trial in August, et cetera. Yeah, I guess New Zealand will probably approve or deny it. Sorry, Ryan. No, no, it's okay. I appreciate you you clarifying that because I guess what I meant was, but I was not clear about is if the judge rules in the FTC's favor, this Same. whole thing's probably pretty over. So that's yeah, and, and if she does if she rules in Microsoft's favor, it won't necessarily be over over, but it'll be a, another major roadblock cleared that. at least for the time being. Microsoft will close at that point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, speaking of Xbox, hey, we're on an Xbox podcast. If you are going to Gamescom, I know we have, <clears throat> pardon me, a whole lot of European listeners out there. Gamescom 
uh, has has won. It has defeated E3 as the biggest <laughs> game show to survive. Uh, I mean, it was always bigger in terms of people attending mm -hmm. than E3 because E3 never, until the too little too late, never admitted the public. Yep. Gamescom always has. And as a result, you get 300,000 people that flood to uh, the... Cologne, city of Cologne every every year for uh, for an awesome game show. And that will be the case again this year. And Xbox and Bethesda have officially locked in. So if you are attending Gamescom this year, you might get a chance to play some Xbox stuff. Uh, because And the reason I say that is they're going to be on the show floor. Gamescom itself from the official Gamescom account tweeting, breaking, Xbox and Bethesda will join us on the show floor for Gamescom 2023, more details soon. So Miranda, uh, what games might we reasonably expect to be able to play on the show floor of Gamescom, given the August timing? Ooh, I don't know about Starfield, but I want to believe that like somebody out there would get to play it aside from you. In addition to you, I guess. In, in addition, yeah. The more, the more, the merrier. I don't, I don't need to be the only one. I'm, I'm happy to get the chance, but I want more people to play it. I, I think that would be a big, big thing. I think they would maybe bring out Sea of Thieves just because that's getting some updates and just like, hey guys, remember? Although, this? Get a ironically, this updates a single player update. The yeah. monkey. Although, yeah, it'll, it'll have been out, so maybe it'll be whatever their next. Maybe that, or they that. just have it there as like a, hey, this just came out. Yeah. Like, I could see that being That's true. Thing. Um, and then, of course, a lot of, as you've noticed, some idea at Xbox stuff. I think they usually try to showcase those there, which is honestly a great idea. Like, those obviously have a lot of hidden gems, and I think people just glaze over them sometimes just because of the branding, but it's totally worth the time. Yeah. Destin 33 Immortals that you and I got to play, that'll, that'll be, a, Gamescom would be a great venue to play that, right? You can get some actual 33-player matches going. Ooh. Yep. I'm actually slated to go to Gamescom this year for IGN, so uh, if Starfield is there, I'll be able to play it. And whatever is on the show floor, I will probably be the one playing and capturing it for IGN alongside some... Uh, I know our freelancer Teddy is going, and we have some people who will be on site who will be attending, so excited to see what they bring. Hopefully Forza, hopefully Starfield. I don't know what else could what else could be there. I mean, I think you guys have hit them all. Um, that's it. Forza. I'm glad you mentioned Forza because I think that's yeah. Forza's a near lock. I mean, that's we didn't get to play it. I guess it just for whatever reason wasn't quite ready to be put into media folks's hands during the uh, after the after the showcase there. I was just how the heck how how was the showcase already almost a month ago? It's July 5th. That was what <laughs> we were in LA like almost a month ago. <laughs> How did that, that went by fast, but anyway, hey. yeah, Forza Motorsport is, would, I would bet money on that, um, but it's funny. Sim that, racers yeah, are really big over there. Sorry, Ryan. Sim racers are really big over there also, and Fanatec usually has a pretty big appearance. They're a steering wheel manufacturer. They usually have a pretty big uh, presence at Gamescom, so potentially we, I get to play on like a super fancy racing rig. That'd be yes. awesome. It's always, it is a tradition where the my, Xbox always has the rig at, at some event or another before uh, each, each big Forza games release. And it is always a treat to get to play. Because those, I mean, those, those rigs are like thousands of dollars. Oh, look, wow, look at the B-roll. That's the one Wizard I own. Going that's on. the Logitech. That's the Logitech yeah. uh, that I own, actually. That's, and uh, that's not even close to what they, you know, th there's like a whole no. motion simulator thing. That, they, that Microsoft likes to bring out uh, to these events. Yeah. That's that's the the budget setup and Seth Macy here. I think. That's Seth, right? <laughs> that Seth is Seth. doing his doing his home setup. Uh, yeah, uh, those are heavy. Those he I have that same one. That's so funny. I have the exact same one. I have the exact same steering wheel. I got it for Gran Turismo Seven, and that thing is heavy as heck. <laughs> uh, but it, it works great. It's it's really fun, and yeah. he's putting the Fanatec in now. That is like top of the line, uh, super expensive. And this is the Logitech that I own. So, so. Uh, you both mentioned. I, I find it not interesting, but I'm, I'm going to be the I'm going to be the, um, the the downer here, the downer guy for a second, because you both mentioned Starfield. I don't think Starfield will be on the show floor, and the reason is because Bethesda insisted to me over and over, and in my very brief one hour experience, I believe them now. You can't get any real sense of the game in 
I mean, even in like an hour was a super fast forwarded version. And at a, at a show like Gamescom, you know, those public demos on the floor generally are, are anywhere between five and maybe at the most 15 minutes. So CD. Well, but they specifically <laughs> said show floor. So yeah, maybe there will ah. be behind closed doors opportunities. Uh, although really by that point, so that's where I played crackdown. <laughs> yes. As you, as you, uh, you really lived off of that one for a while. And yeah. Let's hope, let's hope Starfield holds up, ends up turning out better than crackdown <laughs> three did in terms of us bragging about games that we, and we alone have played. Um, but yeah, I we should be reviewing Starfield at that point because that's I hope so. Like we should have it, and media folks should have reviews. Re, the review process should be happening. Of course, that has nothing to do with the show floor. I just again, I don't think, given the the insane scale and scope of that game, that there's any way that you could you could show it off in a 10, 15 minute fashion and have have somebody come away with a with like a real positive impression not not that it would be negative but just you can't really get any it's a hard, sense it's a hard one to yeah, yeah to show i think also for folks for context um we tend to hope that we get games two weeks early never guaranteed that sometimes we don't get well, it sometimes we get it like a day early sometimes we get it three days early yeah the reason because gamescom is the like 24th 25th yeah and the game is not out on September 6th, like they said, September or September 1st. 5th. It's on September 1st, exactly, yeah. with the, you know, with the, with the pay-to-play early access, right? So that means, yeah, if, if we don't have it by, by the time Gamescom is happening, that's not, that's, I feel real bad for whoever's reviewing it. I, I don't know if that's going to be Dan Stapleton or what the, that's all his show. I feel bad. I know it's me. not me. I, Either it's way. not me. Oh yeah. <laughs> Regardless, I feel bad for myself. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. You have a, you have a nightmare scenario as well. Maybe only like a hair less nightmarish than the reviewer. Although is your pain hair? extends out. Is the reviewer's <laughs> pain is, is shorter and concentrated. Yeah. yeah. Um, of course, by pain, we know like, this is a great job. Their jobs, not, yeah. It is, it is a good. Don't you know? Don't it's, it's don't take us the wrong. It's been a long way. year, guys. <laughs> it's been a long year. It's only halfway through. <laughs> well, not only like not only have we gotten so many amazing games this year already, and uh, what what is already one of the best gaming years of the last of this century, right? Of since the two since two thousand. You know, there's there's uh, two thousand four. There's two thousand seven. I wouldn't say we've necessarily had maybe 2013 when we got GTA 5 and The Last of Us. And I'd have to think, what was there even? That was the year. Yeah, that was the, no, that was 2012. Oh, Assassin's wait, no, Creed sorry. Black Flag was also. 20, 20, GTA 5 was 2012. Anyway, see? No, like, GTA 5 says 2013. Yeah. 2013. What's wrong with my brain? I, I honestly, I've been off for four days, which is... But uh, you're, you're not wrong. We also got Wolf Among Us. Oh, we got Dota 2! Oh, so tw this is all 2013 now? Yeah, so okay, so all right. So maybe we've slipped... Tomb Raider. We, we put 2013 in the conversation. But here, what I would say is, have we had a memorable year like that since? No. Not that there haven't uh, been great games. Yeah, there have been like a smattering of like, this is, this is great. Last year definitely wasn't one of those years. Last year was the opposite. Of, of one of those <laughs> wonderfully memorable years. So it's been at least 10 years since we've had a super memorable gaming year, and this is already one of them. Um, but Miranda, it, for both our reviewers and for you and your team, they've mostly all been really big games. And I don't mean big in the, the sort of blockbuster sense, although that's also true, but big in the hours of content sense. Yeah, you just kind of have to live there for a long time. And it's, it can be fun. Yeah. It's just also a lot of work. So it's just been, I, I mostly joke. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be fine. No, we, we know we'll it's, fine. but, uh, yeah, it's, it's been a big one. It's also interesting just looking back at the last releases. Like I try to think of the big game years based on like the biggest hits, right? Yeah. So, like I'm thinking like, when was Breath of the Wild? That was 2017. What was out in 2017? We had, let's see, Resident Evil 7. Assassin's Creed Origins, Cuphead was that year, Super Mario Odyssey. Like, there was some good stuff there. Destiny 2. There, 
good things, but not at the levels of what we're having this year, quality wise yeah. and consistently. Just impressive games. Also, Wolfenstein Two, banger. But yeah. All right, we'll 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 give 2013 the nod. Yeah, 2017 was was all right, but not as good as those years. So yeah, I agree. Uh, all right, let's talk about the other Xbox news that isn't the FTC trial. We've got a few things here. First up, we've got a former Banjo Kazooie dev who's who uh, thinks that the odds of us seeing another Banjo Kazooie game are probably pretty slim. So. The wonderful composer of Banjo-Kazooie, Grant Kirkhope, was speaking to VGC, and he gave the impression that he thinks the game is part of a bygone era, both in terms of the development team and the player base. So interesting, listen to this comment, and then I'll, I'll get your reactions. Grant said, quote, I feel like you'd have to get a team with the humor that we had back then, and that's hard to replicate. I think Rare would be open to somebody if they found the right team, meaning having somebody else do it. But I don't feel like that team exists. Also, I'm not convinced the audience is there either. Destin, uh, Microsoft obviously owns Banjo-Kazooie now uh, as part of their Rare portfolio. Do you share Grant's pessimism here? Or what, what do you make of his, of his statements on, in terms of both the, the sort of the, the, who do you get to develop it, but also, you know, is there even a, a player base for it that's, that's big enough to warrant a, you know, a AAA kind of budget? Not going to make a lot of fans here. I could care less about Banjo-Kazooie. I've never cared about Banjo-Kazooie. I think they were a product of their time. They're, so you the agree with them in that fine. sense? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, like, the, the people who like that character, they'll be able to sell through to them maybe, but there's probably a lot of data that shows, look, Nuts and Bolts 3 wasn't like a, 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 a smash hit by today's standards. Well, I, I actually don't have any knowledge of the, the sales figures of that product. So I'm sure somebody will post in the comments. It's it ahead did of its time well. where you built stuff. Yeah, yeah. That was like before yeah, building was, things in games was cool. Yeah, it was, it was really interesting to a lot of people. Nuts and but Bolts. I just, I have no, like fond memories of Banjo-Kazooie. It just came at a time when I wasn't playing that kind of game. Yeah. I think I was a teenager when it, when the first one came out. So teenage like, Destin. I was playing Mortal Kombat, Mortal I don't Kombat like or something. <laughs> Give me some shooters, yeah. man. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what I was playing, but yeah, like if a new Banjo came out, I wouldn't buy it. I would might play it for work, but like, I don't feel like that's the kind of game that's for me. It All right. does look like it was said to be a commercial disappointment yeah. based on Wikipedia entries, but that's what I found. Uh, Miranda, do you share Grant and Destin's pessimism on a potential third banjo, third, you know, mainline Banjo-Kazooie game? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I never played these games. <laughs> Zero interest, just kind of in the same spot. I'm just like, oh, good for people who really I like it, but... Oh, I like that Rare's trying new things, different things. Yeah. That is, that is, I will give you that, certainly, and I, sh I share that. But I would, here, here's what I would say. I do like platformers. I always have. Um, I mean, the original Super Mario Brothers was the first video game I ever played, and that, that franchise, the mainline Mario games, remain extremely near and dear to my heart. I mean, I one of my favorite reviews that I've ever done in my long tenure here at IGN was Super Mario Odyssey, which was the last mainline Mario game. Uh, and that game, the, the new Donk City portion of that and the, specifically the end, I mean, it's been, I'm not going to like straight spoil it, but it's been, the statute of limitations is up. The end sequence of that, if, you, if all of you remember, what, I, had a, I had the biggest smile on my face that like, there are plenty of games that I enjoy and make me happy, but that was like, just a, a, it was like pure joy was coming through the controller into my body. And it just, it, it, was, <laughs> it was so good. So I still, I definitely have an affinity for really good platformers. I don't really care about mid-tier platformers. Mm. You got to bring your A game for, uh, for, for me at this point. But um, I, Microsoft, my point here is Microsoft hasn't really made one in a long time, like a long, they have before, 
We go back. I mean, the first thing that pops into my head is back to the original Xbox era and Voodoo Vince, which was a really good game. Voodoo Vince was excellent at its time. I don't, it probably wouldn't hold up super great now. Uh, but you had Voodoo Vince. Like they occasionally would uh, blinks the Time Sweeper, of course. Uh, a game that w I believe we tried to didn't we? Destin, we tried to buy the rights to it, didn't we? In the early unlocked <laughs> days. I think yeah. Yeah, you and I were. were <laughs> I think so. It was, it was really expensive. I think maybe Mitch Dyer yeah. was in on that, trying to buy. Yeah, it didn't work out. <laughs> but I forgot about that. I know. I had to, just to just thought just popped into my head, but. It was um, very expensive, I remember. <laughs> but for, I guess what I would say is, with Game Pass, sort of, we, and we've talked about this, and Phil has talked about this, about you, know, you can have, you don't necessarily have to chase the surefire hits because of Game Pass. You just have to deliver quality. It doesn't, not everything has to be the AAA Starfield caliber thing, although we want more of that. Um, I do think there's room for, a top tier platformer that that because of Game Pass wouldn't necessarily have the pressure of selling 10 million units. Mm -hmm. If you can make a big impression with the with the Xbox community via Game Pass, I I think there's room for success there. Um, I mean, do Conquer then if you're gonna yeah that would like, be the one I would do honestly. Um, I, over I think you could have more fun with a franchise that is sort of silly in that way and but also targeting targeting <laughs> yeah, adults not at all ch child friendly um yeah i i wish we had a stronger voice for for banjo on the panel i know that's a beloved character i know a lot of people want to see that franchise come back but i i just i never got the appeal it just seemed like it was capitalizing off of the mario 3d thing at the time well, because mean, you okay, know Mar on, mario no. 64 had released but, but that was I, I mean, you're not wrong necessarily, and but that, that was rare at the peak of its powers in the banjo, in the banjo era, right? There was they yeah. were they were just hitting home run after home run back at that point, and I think that's probably you know people want to not that rare isn't successful now. Obviously, Sea of Thieves is huge, and we love to see it. And someday, I guess we'll see Everwild again and kind of see what that game has become. But I really do think that there's. That, that because of Game Pass, we could have a, a big budget banjo game, and and it's a genre well, that we don't have. You know, X, we have we we did a whole show about how Xbox is the home of the Western RPG now, where you have to own an Xbox if you like AAA Western RPGs. There's plenty of shooters. There's, I mean, that you know, we're getting third person narrative action adventures in the form of Hellblade Two and and um um. Midnight, what's the, dang it, what's the new, what's the Inexile one? I'm blanking on, it's Midnight Lockwork something. Revolution? Sorry, not Inexile, uh, Compulsion. Oh, um, Project Midnight what? Hold on, hold on. I don't remember. Someone's going to back me up here in I'm a second, looking. which I appreciate. South of Midnight. South of Midnight, thank you. you. Yeah. I was like, ah. I don't know why that title hasn't sunk into my head yet, but anyway, we've got tons of genres, but we don't have a great platformer. I mean, we had... It's on Xbox, it's on Game Pass. We had Psychonauts, too. That's true. But it's it's not... I don't know. It's like adventure platformer. Same same vein as like Mario Odyssey, right? Like, it's not yeah. just platforming. Like, there's a lot of versatility there, like a, yeah. a lot of the action-adventure aspect to it, rather than just... I mean, it's not a side-scroller. Yeah. It's basically what it is, but... But to... Still great. To take oh. the devil's advocate approach real quick, Destin, I would say... Um, that Xbox has not really been a home, like because Sony and Insom Insomniac have been doing wonderful Ratchet and Clank games consistently. For it's their North Carolina team, while the Santa Monica team does Spider Man, and before that, Sunset Overdrive. Um, but like that's the one platformer that Sony makes. Obviously, Nintendo is still very much in the platforming business, but Xbox, outside of uh, Miranda, as you mentioned, Psychonauts 2, which, by the way, was a Game Awards Game of the Year nominee, so it was awesome. Mm -hmm. We don't really know. We never really kind of got any indication of how well or not Psychonauts 2 did. We do know that Psychonauts 3 is not currently happening. Uh, that was Tim Schafer was on a podcast mentioning that, although he'd mentioned that on this podcast like two years ago. I had said to him, oh, so you got, I, in fact, I think I was trying to needle him into saying, into doing Banjo 3. He was like, <laughs> he said, no, we're not going to do, 
we're going to do something totally new and original as our next thing. So, um, yeah, Destin, I'll throw it back to you. Cause yeah, I, I think the, the Xbox history really does kind of actually support what, what you, what you're saying, what Miranda's saying and what Grant is saying. Yeah. I just mean, I wonder if there are other franchises that they could revisit as opposed to Banjo that might do well. I think a game like Cameo that was around the 360 launch window they won. Uh, could, that could be relaunched and make for a compelling platformer because it's like it's a known IP, but not really. And it could be revitalized with like a new look and a, and a new direction beyond Psycho, I think Psychonauts is a really good mention because Psychonauts 2 came out and it was it was uh, uh, praised for how good it was, right? So, I mean, if they want to go that route, Psychonauts is the route to go. I, I'm not sure, like, what other franchises could they go for? I, I don't think Banjo's the one, personally. I mean, yeah, it's, they're, well, I think we've kind of hit on all of them. You know, they have, they have Banjo, they have Voodoo Vince, uh, they have Psychonauts. And it's something more modern. I feel like cameo. we're missing in like a really obvious one. Or maybe something new. <gasps> <That's done. laughs> something yeah. new. A risk? I'm always for what? something new. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean the Ratchet and Clank games must be doing well enough for Sony that they keep allowing Insomniac to make them. And the last one, Rift Apart, was incredible. I played that, played the heck out of that game. Yeah, and again, and Psychonauts Two was incredible. So when I talk about platformers, got to bring its A game to get my attention. Those two brought their A game and got my attention. So yeah, I'd I'd like to see Xbox get back. I mean, because you're right. I mean, Conquer. I, I would absolutely vote for Conquer Destin. That would be. I I, I enjoyed the heck out of the Conquer remake oh. that they did for the original Xbox. Uh, yeah, that 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 just feels more Xbox to me. I don't know, yeah. like Conquer. Or, I think you're uh, right. Yeah, the, we, there was also Super Lucky's Tale. That's a platformer, right? That they. Yeah, I know it's I a mean, sore it's, subject. It's also but, it's not yeah. there. I don't think Xbox owns it. You know, that was an Oculus property, mm -hmm. and I think it's been on lots of platforms. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm just saying. I don't. I don't think Microsoft necessarily is in control of that one. Mm. But yeah, that was. 20, is this uh, Alice B-roll? Yeah. Oh, I mean, Al, <laughs> yeah, Alice and yeah. American McGee's Alice. This is one of, yeah. this is an incredible game. Al, this was, this game was there you go, so Xbox. good. Super producer Red. <laughs> <laughs> well, this was a PC game. Did this ever come to Xbox? I'm trying to remember. Yeah, I, I believe yeah, it did. so. Did it? it? did. I'm pretty sure. Maybe I'm thinking of the really, really old, the first American McGee's Alice. This, this might be one. Maybe I never played this, if this is the more recent one. Anyway, this long live the platformer is all I'm saying. I, I understand Grant Kirkhope's pet sort of, I don't know if he would phrase it as pessimism, but I think it's fair to say. And I understand where the two of you are coming from, but I do think because of Game Pass, there's, there's room there for it. But I do agree that Rare is not necessarily staffed to make this kind of game anymore. Maybe they are, but the, the talent there is all sort of oriented around Sea of Thieves now. That's their... They're a big project and has been for the last, what, five or six years. This week's Podcast Unlocked is brought to you by NordVPN. Hey, if you're watching a lot of sports like me and you hate blackouts, NordVPN is a great way to go. You can use NordVPN, a virtual private network, to watch live sporting events, TV shows, films that aren't available in your region by switching your virtual location to a country that is showing that event, no more blackouts. It's also good for plenty of other stuff like protecting your private data, your bank details, your passwords, your online identity. You can protect your data while you're traveling and using public Wi-Fi. NordVPN protects you wherever you are in the world. NordVPN threat protection also protects you from viruses, malware, and phishing sites. NordVPN is also the fastest VPN in the world. No buffering or lagging while you're streaming, and it will stop your ISP bandwidth throttling. NordVPN is the price of a cup of coffee a month, so that is a super affordable, great way to go. 
To get the best discount off of your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash unlocked without the E. That's N-O-R-D-V-P-N.com slash U-N-L-O-C-K-D. And that'll give you four extra months on the two-year plan. And best of all, there's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. NordVPN.com slash unlocked without the E. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. I get how ban- I get how banjo fans feel because I feel the same way about Legacy of Kane. Yeah, I want a Legacy of Kane remake, but there's probably a lot of market research that shows like we're going to invest so many millions of dollars. Our ROI on this project is going to be like ten million dollars. <laughs> it's not worth the five years of development or whatever we'd have to pour into it to make right. it work. So, like, I I get where banjo fans are coming from. I get why they want it. I would rather a new legacy of Kane, but I'm also not going to get that. So is that a fuzzy tail I see on your, on your monitor? Miranda? Yeah, so I never knew, like I never played conquer. My only association with conquer is being teased about liking a squirrel named conquer. That is not this squirrel. It was a, a character <laughs> in a book. Oh really? It was different. <laughs> and then I was looking it up. I was like, where is he from? Cause he looks familiar. Cause I, I knew of the character. I was like, Oh, he's in Diddy Kong racing. I love that game as a kid. It's just kind of, it's just a weird thing. But I was thinking on your point, Dustin, about like, what is your, what is your Banjo-Kazooie? And like, obviously mine's Fusion Frenzy. No one cares. I forced my friends yeah. to play with me over like the 4th of July weekend and it was great. Are you talking about time. game, like Xbox game that you love that's probably never going to get made again? Is yes. that sort of the... Yeah, we can all keep screaming about it, but no one's going to do anything. Right. So Destin's is Legacy of Kane. I mean, which, you know, not, not that it... It wasn't X. It was around before Xbox was. It was on everything. It was on everything. Yeah. Um, and then we all know mine, which is Splinter Cell, mm-hmm. which theoretically is there well, is a, a remake happening. What I feel like Splinter, there is a remake happening. They yeah, have a blog post about it. Okay, but but hope my yeah. but the last the last Splinter Cell game, actually, now that I look at the the last Splinter Cell game is will be ten years ago next month. I reviewed it for IGN, Splinter Cell Blacklist, came out in August, if, I'm, if my memory is correct here, I believe it was August of 2013, and so we're coming up on the 10-year anniversary of the last Splinter Cell game, so I, I think Splinter Cell counts, even though there, theoretically, there is a remake in, in the works that we might see in the next three to five years, but... Re- remake, remake Malice xbox (laughs) (laughs) it's kidding don't the the reason i was a very bad game on the original xbox yeah (laughs) it was an exclusive xbox game that wasn't super good um yeah i it wasn't finished (laughs) it was weird we haven't seen a single frame of of the splinter cell remake and it's so early and so far out and ubisoft has had some bumpy financials lately that if I will believe that that game is going to actually come out and I'm actually going to play it on a retail Xbox when it's in my hands because it it could be canceled easily between now and whenever it's supposed to come out. I hope it isn't. I hope they make it. But what, what else could they be working on, Ryan? Well, I mean, it's things that make the money because Eve Guillermo and they were talking about, oh, yeah, we've lost a bunch of money last year and the year before. Because they they put like what what's a game that made them a lot of money, Ryan? <laughs> Assassin's Creed. Which one? I'm trying to All? set you up. Oh, I'm setting you up. I'm throwing you the softball. Okay, thank you. I, I, it took me a minute. Again, I, I I've had the privilege of being off for four days. My brain's been absolutely turned off for the last four days. So th- what Destin is doing right now is actually it's excellent podcast work here. <laughs> that, that I have, I have dropped. Destin has basically dropped back after the snap. 
he has thrown me a perfect ball <laughs> right to my outside shoulder as I run. And, and I've, and I'm like, the ball's going right to the ground. Cause it's just right through my thing. <laughs> Destin has put up a perfect, perfect pass right here. And, and it's on me for dropping it. But yes, uh, games like Assassin's Creed black flag, which is apparently getting a remake itself. Uh, though it's allegedly in the early stages and won't be done for a while. Uh, Black Flag, as you mentioned a few minutes ago, Miranda, also part of that 2013 group, which means it's also turning 10 this year. According to Kotaku, a team at Ubisoft Singapore is heavily involved in the remake's development. The Singapore studio is also helping out with evolving Assassin's Creed's ocean technology, as it's currently working on Skull and Bones, which I think has probably been in development since 2013. In an internal email viewed by Kotaku, the Singapore studio is reportedly forcing its developers to work on Skull and Bones in person at the office instead of remotely. While the studio is seemingly providing breakfast and dinner, it looks like the move is to pressure its developers to work longer hours in order to ship the closed beta of Skull and Bones that's due in late August. Well, I don't want to venture too far off the 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 Assassin's Creed Black Flag train here um, because, I mean, I hope the Skull and Bones developers are not being subject to less than ideal working conditions, but I just, quite frankly, I'm, I don't really even want to waste another breath on Skull and Bones until, until it's, it's actually in our hands because... Um, I, I was excited <laughs> to play it, and then they just delay it. Like every time, like I'm like, oh yeah, that that looked like an interesting demo. And they're like, ah, just kidding. They kind of <laughs> missed the boat on pirates. Ah. <laughs> Do you guys remember? You and and pirates still? Yeah, there? pirates are 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 uh, forever, right? Maybe like zombies. They come in zombies waves. Zombies and pirates. Yeah, ninjas. pirates and zombies. Yeah, yeah that was the thing. <laughs> I, and yeah, I got the ocean. I'm, I'm with you. I'm just not. I'm not acknowledging. Not no. I'm kidding. It's that's good stuff. <laughs> no, it's, it's goofy. It's goofy. <laughs> um, no, I think that's a thing though, right? Like it, we came off Black Flag. Everyone was really excited about that ocean tech. It's yeah. been ten years, and like it's it's weird to see them want to go back to this. Obviously, as you said, they want to make money, right? Uh, why did they remake a, a, what was it, Last of Us? It's money. money. Did that need? No. That's like a waste of time. And I'm sure someone out there's be like, no, it was great. I'm like, it's not that old. It looks fine. It plays fine. I mean, it's a way, it was a waste of time for us, but there were lots of people that came in. I mean, they had a, they knew they had a hit HBO show coming. What's true, that? True. They, they had a decent reason for yeah, it, at least. improve the even, double. Yeah, right. Even if, <laughs> even if hardcore gamers that did play that game 10 years ago didn't, didn't need to buy the remake, but. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's weird to, again, see this trend of like remakes for things that are, technically not that old like right. mechanically they they function really well they're very easy to go back to yeah. and that's what we get instead of like new things right but that's part of the problem with like hollywood or major media these days it's a lot of like retreading old ground going back to what they know what works so that they can make more money i mean honestly it's working for certain places i think that are doing it well like you look at resident evil right but those are are bigger overhauls right it's not just a visual upgrade. and those were all older like they those just they just did re4 this year <laughs> yeah the first one was i believe from 2002 on the gamecube correct i am looking up resident evil 4 was 2005 oh okay so a little less than 20 years but, but yeah it was you know, uh, seven years yeah, GameCube, <laughs> almost 20 years when you say gamecube you know it's old 18 years that's fine that's fine. yeah it was gamecube era for sure uh it all, go ahead, Destin. So here's the insane thing. They're also working on Black Flag when, or sorry, the team that's making this rumor Black Flag thing is also working on Skull and Bones, correct? Because well, that sends my it, spider sense going off. Yeah. Because everybody thought that Black Flag was going to get this multiplayer component, right? And it ended up being Skull and Bones. Skull and Bones is built off Black Flag. So it makes sense that this would be the team remaking it. I don't think it's a remake. I think there's more to the story here. Mm -hmm. I think it's being told to who broke this Kotaku. Mm -hmm. It's being said that it's a remake. I, I don't think it's a remake. I think there's a little bit more to it than that because of the fact that it is 
Skull and Bones. It is, and Skull and Bones, a lot of people thought was like an Assassin's Creed multiplayer game. There's this whole strategy from Ubisoft, bigger, bigger scope, where they're doing more multiplayer type projects, and they have the like, they have a new Assassin's Creed project, if I, if I'm not mistaken, where it is like ever evolving of some something like that. And then there's Assassin's Creed projects that go more to the roots, like yeah. I believe Mirage, Mirage is the one that's. That I'm very excited about, by the way. It's very much uh, that Assassin's Creed 1 formula with the modernization of that it learned from all the Ezio games and all, all the games throughout the years. So um, very excited about Mirage, at least, what they're doing there. Um, I'm not sure about the, the other properties, but something else is going on here. I'm calling it now. It's not, it's not just a remake. If it was, I, I would be very surprised. I, I think there's, there's a bigger pro there's a bigger play happening here. I like conspiracy Destin. He, he, oh, yeah. he needs to show up on unlocked more often. He's fun. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, I love the Assassin's Creed franchise, but like that just, it just seems like there's a part of the puzzle, not there. Right. You might be right. I mean, you may very well be correct. I'm mean, Black Flag, ten years old this year. If 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 it is a remake and it's out in a few years, then okay, you're you know you're still a a good couple generations removed from it. But does anybody remember, in all seriousness, though, when Sea of Thieves and Skull and Bones were were going to be coming out at like the same time, and we we're going to be like, which one? Oh. <laughs> which one's going to win? Which yeah. one's going to be the? Like, do you want the? realism or you want the fun goofy adventure yeah. well you got one you, yeah you, you, <laughs> and it's great. The, it worked out well at least for for microsoft and for rare um so right yeah conspiracy destin will be keeping an eye on what's going on with black flag and the alleged remake you think i'm crazy <laughs> no i don't i honestly don't um okay I, I, there could be there could be a number of possibilities in play, um, whether it is just a remake. Because uh, I almost wonder, like, it's recent enough where I would, I would actually suspect a remaster would suffice in terms of just making it look fresh enough nice. on our screens yeah. now. And a and a remaster would not that I'm a game developer. Probably cheaper than a than a full on remake, right? If well, you're taking Prince of Persia is going great, we know that. Well, that's just you know they had development pro troubles with that, so it's uh, that's they're they're that's having trouble with their remakes. Like they're right. having trouble remake doing the Splinter Cell one remake. They're having trouble with Prince of Persia. I don't know why they would add another production challenge to that list with a Black Flag remake you know well my suspicion so i'll give you my conspiracy ryan take would be that if it is a remake that they intend to build off of it and and branch and sort of relaunch it and spin it off into its own thing not i'm not talking mm -hmm. about skull and bones i'm talking about like its own sort of branch of the assassin's creed family tree because everybody loved black flag and so if they remake it and it comes out in a few years, you know, toward the back half of this console generation, then that could be a new vein for them to mine uh, yeah. in, on, in, the, in the franchise. They just have so many different Assassin's Creed games in development right now. It's a little, a little overwhelming. But I guess in that way, it's like, pick your flavor, right? Exactly. That's kind of what it, it's yeah. ending up being. Yeah. Which is, I think, okay. Yeah. I want to play the witch one, maybe. Uh, sure. Cool. I'm still for Mirage. Right? Yeah. Is Mirage is like them? fixing everything they got wrong with AC1. So like the, the like all the things that they're changing right. with it. I'm, I'm really excited about that one. Yeah, the first game was an, an awesome four-hour loop, but they then they just repeated it like three or four times. And Assassin's Creed 2 kind of fixed that and made it a mm -hmm. made it a properly great game. So yeah, I agree if 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 Mirage kind of takes us back to AC2, I'm down. I'm looking forward to it. Although I'll be playing Starfield, so I don't know when I'll have time to oh, yeah. play Assassin's Creed Mirage. It's a good problem to have this fall. Uh Game Pass for July has a couple of things I wanted to point out. One of them being obvious, one of them less obvious. The obvious one is that Today, Grand Theft Auto V is on Game Pass 
on console, so not on PC, but it's on on Xbox, and also through the cloud. So you could you could stream Xbox, uh, stream stream Grand Theft Auto Five to your phone, which is kind of cool. If if for the four of you out there that have never played Grand Theft Auto Five. Never too late. It's never too late. Yeah, I, it's the game's amazing, and it, I think it's. I honestly believe I've said this a million times before. I think it's one of the ten greatest video games ever made. It is absolutely fantastic. It holds up wonderfully. There, there's still, in my opinion, has not. There's not been an open world game made that's been better than this one. I know some people would throw Rockstar's own Red Dead Redemption Two in response to that. Yeah, I would. Yeah. Uh, that game was too slow for me. I just like being a cowboy man. I, I completely respect that. I'm going to hang out with my horse. Yeah. <laughs> cars cars are soulless. No, you know? <laughs> can I pet a what car? The, the, <laughs> you can, but it's soulless. Sure, yeah. You can, with a bat, you know. <laughs> oh. It, it's a car. I, I mean. Is that how you pet cars? I, in Grand Theft Auto Five, it is. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's fair, yeah. <laughs> I just booted it up, xbox.com slash play. Sure enough, it, it's right there. Right there. It's already launched. <laughs> The radio stations give those give give those cars their personality. Miranda, what about the nice sounds of wind and the coyotes off in the distance. You can venture out into the outside of outside of Los Santos, out into the yeah. you know the boonies, and the whole vibe of the game changes. Even even the radio stations change because the you get outside of the radio frequency of of the city, and you get the. You get the like rural radio stuff going on. You get the killer soundtrack going on. Yes, it is. It you is. You get three excellent. great characters on it. I mean, it's. It's just like it's still what? So good. What pace do you want? Like yeah, what level of ha totally hecticness do you want? GTA is a faster paced experience oh, yeah. than Red Dead by design. Yeah. But, um, yeah, for my money, that's. I, I would say, like, sorry. Of, Go ahead. Of all of the development studios where it's like i'm more of a fallout person than i am a skyrim person i'm more of a blah blah blah, blah than that like yeah. their games I'm, I'm a both person like i'm a gta person and i'm a red dead person like you they just yeah they just do it they know what they to make do. them different enough is i think the thing is like yeah. they still have identities that are similar enough but also distinct to where you can enjoy all parts not you don't feel like you're missing something from that other game right I don't not like Red Dead 2, to be clear. It's awesome. I've, I've played I mean, plenty of it. I no, <laughs> <laughs> I just, yeah, I've, I super love Grand yeah. Theft Auto Five. Yeah. Uh, Sword and Fairy Together Forever, Cloud Console PC today as well. McPixel 3 tomorrow, Cloud Console and PC. Next week, Common Hood, July 11th. Insurgency Sandstorm, July 11th on PC. And Exoprimal, July 14th, Cloud Console and PC. And then on uh, July 17th, the week of July 17th, uh, Tectonica in-game preview on July 18th, Cloud Console and PC. And then here's my, my uh, sort of underrated gem pick for Game Pass this month. The Cave on Cloud and Console on July 18th. Ron Gilbert, the maestro of Monkey Island, uh, such a wonderful, wonderfully talented adventure game designer. The cave was a. You're nodding your head along. You've you've clearly played this as well, Miranda. This was this was a not Ron's best game because that's Monkey Island, the, the, the <laughs> his three Monkey Island games. But it, the cave was really good. So I actually haven't played this, but I'm nodding along because of all the picks. Like that's the one that I want to play this month. Like that looks cool. Yeah. It looks like something. I'm like, why haven't I played this? Actually, is the question. Yeah, everybody kind of gets a slightly different experience because you are constantly switching characters. There's a whole sort of group of people, and you can, you know, you're going to finish the game with one character or another, and it's up to you which one it is. And it's it's a really yeah, it was a really fun game. Uh, I reviewed this for OXM back in the day. That's how old this is. It doesn't look old either. It doesn't look... I agree, yeah. Beautiful style. Art style holds up really nicely. Mm -hmm. So, uh, let's see. How much time do we have here? All right. We are actually almost out of time. Let's go to trivia. I feel bad that Stella... So, Stella's on assignment. Should have said that at the beginning of the podcast, uh, which I appreciate because she's, she's taking care of a game, checking out a game for me that I think is uniquely suited to her talents. So uh, Malcolm, whose gamer tag is Wandering Gamer, Malcolm's from Las Vegas, and he asks this Unlock Block trivia question, which of these games do not have a 120 hertz mode on the Series X? Is it Halo Spartan Assault, 
Is it Titanfall? Is it a Plague Tale Requiem? Or is it Persona 3 Portable? I will go... I don't know who to go to first. I got to check the scoreboard. But Destin, I'll go your way first on this. I know the answer. All so. right, I'll go Miranda's way next. I then. don't yeah. know the answer. I had some guesses, but I like Persona. So we're going to go Persona 3 because I don't... Okay. Let me have make sure I have. Okay, I, I was pretty new. sure I remembered the correct answer. I did. Uh, Destin, you want to submit your answer here? Like tail. You're correct, sir. Really? Yeah. I feel like those games are always really pretty, and they very very pretty. Big on tech. Not 120 hertz. Quite didn't quite get up that high huh. though for the uh, for the. Xbox Series X version. I knew the first two would have it. Let me but. get make sure to credit Destin with a point here. Uh, Destin now with a two-point lead. Dang. And I'm really bad this year. It's, yeah, it's time to <laughs> got to get in gear here. Um, the brain right. scrambled. I gotta finish right. Requiem, actually. Yeah, I only started it. I did not have Wait, time. That's to finish the second it. one, right? Uh, yeah. Requiem's the no. first one. No, no, no. Innocence is the first one. Oh, thank you. You're right. Yeah. I can't keep yes. them straight, clearly. If anybody else out there has an Xbox trivia question, please send it in. The email address to send it to is unlocked at IGN.com. Include your name, your gamer tag, if you'd like me to read it on the air, should your question be selected. Don't forget the four multiple choice, multiple choice questions and note the correct one in your email. And we shall play again next week. But for now, we have come to the end of Unlock 602. Again, we're, we're uh, hoping we're going to be able to do the podcast after the public ruling is, is unsealed from the Microsoft versus FTC trial. We will do everything we can in order to make sure that, that our next episode does happen after that. We'll just have to see, unless the judge really drags her feet and... and and uh, drags it into the following week, which could happen. It could technically happen. So we'll see how it goes, but hopefully that's going to be our big topic next week. Miranda, want to give yourself uh, any promotion, any tell people what you're up to? <clears throat> IGN guides. Thank you. That's all. That's, that's literally that's, it. That's the thing. It's a big thing. Don't look for me elsewhere. Just go. Guys. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> you can if you want. I'm on, I'm on blue sky now. Nice. That's about it. Destin. Yeah, I, I don't think we talked about it on Unlock, but I'm actually producing the ID at Xbox showcase happening on July 11th. I was asked if I wanted to be the executive producer on the IGN side, and I said, heck yeah. So I've been working on that, and I'm very excited for everybody to see that on July 11th. So don't miss it. Do you have IGN. the time com. handy? Because I, I didn't realize that 10 that was... 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. Yeah, yeah thank That's you. I, I would have promoted that at the top, but I didn't realize it was coming up so soon. So it's, oh, yeah. uh, it's coming up before our next episode does. So thank you, Destin, for plugging that. Uh, as for me, I'm on Twitter, DMC underscore Ryan. Uh, otherwise on IGN, I don't know what I've got. I mean, I, I've been writing a bunch of our... So one of us writes a weekly unlocked column about... Something in the world of Xbox. Thank you. I've done the last few. This week, it's already Wednesday. <laughs> so we'll have to see. We'll, we'll huddle up after and see who can write it. I know Stella's already busy. So Miranda's giving me the grimace, grimace face look. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I could probably take it, but I just uh, maybe help me brainstorm a topic. Yeah, let's talk after the podcast, yeah. see what, we, what one of us wants to write about. But Unless you guys want me to write about Conquer. I, I would love that. I'll, I'll explain what happened with my book and how it was a really sad moment for me as a child. <laughs> People would tease me about my squirrel. They're like, like this one. And I was like, no, like this book with the dragons. And they're like, Miranda, you need to learn what this is. I'm like, <laughs> that, that's my sad story. All right. Around to the end, you see, you hear weird stuff. <laughs> I want to thank our super producer, Red, uh, who makes it so easy for us to come in here and do this and link, link us up with Destin down in L.A., uh, and thanks to all of you for listening and watching. So until next week, when again, hopefully we're, that's going to be a big one next week with the, with the trial results. Until then, for Red, for Destin, for Miranda, and Stella on assignment, I'm Ryan. This was Unlocked 602. We'll see you next week.
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.